<clears throat> the beginning of good news about Jesus and the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, in Isaiah the prophet. I'll send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. After that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Jesus, Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, and you, and with you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee and proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, it's close to the beginning of a new year. I wonder how your new year has begun. What have been the dreams that have beckoned you forward? Uh, in our household, one of the dreams has been moving rooms. We're sad to see Stephen go just a little bit. Uh, it's being overshadowed by the excitement of kids being able to, to change rooms and, uh, and to spread out just a little bit rather than uh, five kids in three rooms. It's going to be four kids in three rooms. And so girls who have been sharing are looking forward to rooms of their own. And so rather than just do the shuffle, we've uh, taken the opportunity to, to begin to repaint some of the walls. And it's nice to go into a new year with a new room, I think, and, and new paint on the walls. Um, but part of the experience of that for us is that now as you walk down the, the hallway towards the, one of the bedrooms, you get this eerie green glow coming out of the, <laughs> the room. Um, the colour that Bethany has chosen is a beautiful colour, um, but it, it has changed our experience uh, of walking around the house. And uh, I think they're the sorts of things that we want as we come into a new year. Uh, uh, clean walls and a, and a new perspective and, and some new experiences, even just walking around in our daily lives. I wonder what are your dreams for the year ahead, personally? And also those for us spiritually and, and as a church. What are the things that you are hoping that, that God will achieve? Will it be uh, fresh Paintwork in a way, you know, a fresh new start and, and new experiences, uh, a glow that, that just beckons you on into the year. I hope it is those sorts of things. I hope as you look forward to the year ahead, you, you look at it as a year that's going to be full of God's blessing, 
where he will pour out his spirit and, and do so with truth and with power. Not just revealing to us what is the will of God, but enabling through us the will of God in our own lives and in the transformed lives of those around us. I would be tempted in that vein to preach this morning on the pouring out of the Spirit of God. But I think as we open the Word of God, we find that that's not the beginning of our journey with Him. When Mark begins his Gospel, he wants to speak of the forerunner of Christ, the one who Isaiah so many years before had said would come in order that we would know that the promises of God were about to be revealed. Promises like, as Isaiah said, there will be a time when God will pour out his spirit upon his nation, Israel. Echoed by the words of prophets like Joel who says, when God pours out his spirit, he will pour him out upon all nations. And so we're looking forward to the, the pouring out of God's Spirit at this time as we are at the beginning of this year that we're walking into. But that's not what happens at the very beginning of the story. Isaiah the prophet says, Behold, I will send my message before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Before God can pour out his Spirit, before God can show us what wonderful things he has planned for us, he asks that we might prepare the way. And so John appears on the scene, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. I wonder if we were to stand down by the the rocks of the river, um, one of those deep holes that still holds some water, but, you know, it's a little bit murky. And we were to say to the people of our community, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. I wonder how many would hear that message and go, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been wanting to do. Here I am. I don't care how dirty the water is. I don't care how shallow. I want to repent. I want to confess my sins. I want to be made clean i want to be made new i think in part that message would be rejected today because of excuses like but this god that you speak of we don't believe in him and this sin that you're talking about it's not really a part of our lives it's not a problem for us why repent of things that we think well that they're, they're just learning experiences or or what you might say is sin i see a little bit differently I fear that the response to this message today would not be as John experienced it. People leaving the countryside, people leaving the, the cities in order to come to this wild man in the wilderness preaching this message of repentance. Sadly though, I think that it's not just a message that could be rejected by those who are far from God, but it's a message that could be rejected by us. We too are in danger of thinking that we're not quite in the place where we need to repent. The things that, that are in our lives, well, there's good reasons for those things or uh, they're, they're not as bad as, as what you might be making out. And so this morning I want to begin with a message of repentance, both for those who are far from God who have felt his drawing and, and felt that God is, is wanting me to deal with some things in my life. I don't really know him, but I'm, 
but I'm searching for him. But I want this also to be a message for us that we would not just be continuing blindly into another year making excuses for things that God has been putting his finger on for some time now. May this be the start of our new year, repentance. One of the themes of the movie Overcomer tonight, as you've seen, is forgiveness. But not just a calling that we would receive forgiveness from God, but that we would deal with things like unforgiveness in our own lives. John appeared that people might look at themselves and not continue in the way that they have. He speaks to us now that we might look at ourselves and not continue as we have. I've been reading a book about how you can be a radiant character, written by Don Hargraves uh, just in recent years. He says this of our society. Western society has taught us to take pride in our appearance, skills and performance, with the result that we fail to see pride for the evil that it is. Some of the most religious, the most upright, even the most spiritual people of the world are exceedingly proud. But pride makes us, like Satan, an enemy of God. In the book of Proverbs, we are told that everyone proud of heart is an abomination to the Lord. Is it possible that religious people could be displeasing to God? Yes. Consider who were the strongest opponents of the ministry of Jesus. The theme of God's hatred of religious pride continues throughout the Bible. Because pride is such a major evil, repentance often begins with the painful awareness of how great our pride is. Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, who was martyred for his faith in 1945, was famous for his comment, preaching forgiveness without requiring repentance, or baptism without church discipline, or communion without confession is cheap grace. It's cheap grace without discipleship. It's grace without the cross. It's grace without Jesus Christ. And I think even as we might examine the church today, we might begin to see that grace is something that is not being preached, not in its understanding of why we need it. Sin is real and it must be dealt with. If I was to ask you today, not what are your dreams for the year ahead, but what are the things that are holding you back from stepping into the freedom that God is promising you, what would those things be? John, we read, was clothed in camel's hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist, ate locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, After me comes one who is mightier than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop and untie. I have baptized you with water, but, you will be, but he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. In order to receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit, the promise of God and, and the joy that God wants to, to lead you into in this year, repentance comes first. And as Jesus came, he was baptized by John. It was the beginning of his ministry and God poured out his spirit upon him that his ministry would be enabled, that, that he would be able to face temptation and resist by the word of God, that he would be able to proclaim the good news of God 
not just the truth of it, but the power of it. And what was Jesus' message when he came? The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So what is repentance? Well, it's more than just sorrow. It's not just saying there are things that I've done that I regret. Steve Deneff, writing about holiness in 1992, said, Repentance is neither sorrow without change nor change without sorrow. It's not just saying, I'm sorry for that, but I'm unwilling to change. It's not just saying, oh, there's things in my life I want to change without addressing the sorrow. He says, repentance is sorrow with intent to change. See, confession is admitting your guilt. Repentance is turning from those things that you have done wrong and determining to walk in a different path in the future. There might be things in your past that you regret. I want to ask you this day and this year to step forward from those things in a new direction. But not before you submit them to God in sorrow and sadness. Confess your guilt before him and determine to change. And be specific with your sin. Repentance isn't helped when we just say, ah, yes, I've made some mistakes in the past. I want to walk into a new chapter of my life without any of those mistakes. We need to be more specific than that. If there's an aching in your jaw and you go to the dentist, he doesn't just say, ah, yes, the jaw is aching. He looks for the tooth that is causing that pain. And he gives you a few options at those points, I guess. Do I just give you something for the pain and not deal with the tooth? And some of us would say, yes, just knock me out. Um, give, give me something I can take every day and, and I'll, I'll live with this tooth as it is. Or we might say, I don't want you to, to cause me any pain today. I just want you to cover over that, that, that problem cavity and, and send me on my way. I, I just want to be able to chew again. But a wise dentist will say, look, there's only one real way that we can deal with this. We need to dig down to the infection. We need to take it out. We need to identify what this is and remove it. Because not just your, your jaw is affected by this, but your, your whole body's health can be affected by that one problem. It's true in our spiritual life as well. We can't just say, ah, oh, yes, I've, I've sinned, I, I, I admit it, um, I want to do better. But find that sin, find that root cause and deal with that. Confess and change that area of your life. John, we know, was arrested while many came and, and received his, his message of repentance there was at least one who thought, now that's not a message I want to hear. Uh, Herod had, had fallen in love or lust or something with his brother's wife. And John had heard of it and he'd been specific about his sin. There was a whole lot of things that he said Herod uh, had, had done that were wrong, but this one as well. And he named it. And so Herod had him arrested and put in prison. And, and for a time, because of his fear of God or, or his fear of John's popularity at least, 
uh, he didn't do anything with John. But that, that marking out of sin and that, that holding to the truth led to the end of John's life. Arrested there and later put to death. And we kind of have that same response or, or opportunity as, as we hear of, of our need to repent. Are we going to admit our guilt? Are we going to accept forgiveness? Are we going to go through the waters of baptism and, and begin a, a new life? Or are we going to resent that pointing to that sin and that pointing to that need? And maybe for a time not do anything about it, but later have that cause the problems that, that it has in the past. You see, we can't walk into a new year like someone would walk into a, a field that's recently uh, found peace after, after a time of war, forgetting that this has been a, a, a battleground. Many people we know have, have walked into minefields many years after conflict has ended, only to tread on a landmine that was, was placed there with the intent to kill. Maybe you have been through a, a, a time of great struggle and you feel that, well, the struggle is over. I'll just leave those things lie. Let me caution you. If, you. if you think that things are buried without being dealt with, they can still cause tremendous pain and tremendous hurt. This is your opportunity. Unearth those things. Confess them before God, repent of them, so that the peace might be a lasting peace. How do we do these things? Well, as Isaiah said that, that one would come that would point, to, uh, point us to Christ. And Christ came by the power of the Holy Spirit changing people's hearts. We know that it is the work of God through his Holy Spirit who enables us to see sin for what it is and our need for God as it is within our hearts. And it's he who guides us to repentance. The old hymn writer penned these words, In loving kindness Jesus came, my soul in mercy to reclaim. And from the depths of sin and shame through grace he lifted me. He called me long before I heard, before my sinful heart was stirred. But when I took him at his word, forgiven, he lifted me. From sinking sand he lifted me, with tender hand he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh praise his name, he lifted me. I don't want to go through a list of sins this morning in order that you might be burdened with guilt or feel that all he ever does is speak about those things that, you know, oh, I know are my weaknesses. I don't want to lead you to the path of facing those things that are your, your greatest failings in order to, to crush you and put you low. I want you to experience the freedom that God has for you. I want you to be able to look into the year ahead and know this is a new year. It's a new start. God has great things planned for me and he's going to use me in, in ways that are greater than, than anything I can accomplish on my own. 
because he's ready to fill me with his spirit. He's ready to teach me new things. He's ready to lead me into things that that only he can do. And for that reason, for the glory of God and what he wants to give to you and do through you, I want to point you to these things. And I want to give you the opportunity this morning just to allow God to examine your heart that you might say, yes, Lord, that's a part of me. Yes, Lord, that's something I've buried. Yes, Lord, that's something that I've failed to deal with. Yes, Lord, that's something that I've been loving. I've been longing for. I've been keeping secret and and keeping hidden from you. Yes, Lord, those things are wrong. And I release them to you. And so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and I'm going to ask you to repent. we hear the the call of John the Baptist to repent and to be baptised. Lord, we hear the call of Jesus himself to repent and believe in the gospel. Lord, it's that gospel that we long for, that message that we can be free, that we can be innocent, that we can stand blameless before you. That we can have heaven open and the Spirit fall upon us and the Father declare, Here is my beloved son, daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Lord, we know that this is not possible in our own actions. This is not possible through our own righteousness. Lord, even of that we confess before you and we repent. But this is possible because of you the blood that you have shed for us, the life that you have won for us. So we humble ourselves before you. We confess our sins. And Lord, we ask that you might give us the next step that you might give us the turning to you, that you might give us the words of scripture that will empower us, that you might give us protection in the heavenly realms, that even where we are weak, that you would be strong. Lord, we pray that you put people around us who can encourage us, who can hear confession, who can pray for us, And Lord, we pray for your spirit, that as John baptised with water, that you would baptise in the Holy Spirit, that you would give us new life and new power. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.